0: Welcome everybody to the GoSo TV, to the Trick Podcast for Joey. It's a pleasure to have you here on this beautiful. Uh, what today is Monday already, May twenty fifth. Happy Memorial Day weekend, by the way. I hope that you're out there enjoying your barbecues, enjoying your family. I know that we're all quarantined and it's a very different time of the year, but uh, no matter what, I wanna thank you for being here on this beautiful weekend. I've had a great day. I've already had my coffee. I already enjoyed some time in my backyard. I have a hammock back there. Just a beautiful, gorgeous day. I hope that wherever you are, however you are, that you can be enjoying Goso TV. And the Trig Podcast of Joy. Goso, by the way, means joy in Spanish. And we bring guests here every week that are people that have a passion in their belly to serve others. And today I'm so excited to introduce a good friend of mine, a wonderful human being. Her name is Alicia Ku. She's an attorney and mediator passionate about human rights and a mother most importantly of a beautiful two-year-old beautiful boy so alicia welcome to the show how are you by the way
1: thank you for having me Trig. i am doing wonderful how about you
0: I'm doing amazing. It's been a really crazy time of the year. I think everyone can relate to uh, what, a, you know, this this virus, this pandemic, I call it an opportunity and a transition. Mm-hmm. It really has everyone kind of figuring out new things. And that's why I was excited to have you come on the show because first of our friendship, you know, we uh, have known each other for, I, I guess, about eight or nine years It's been a beautiful time, but I think second, because as I mentioned, our audience wants to know that people are still caring out there, that not everyone is mad at the government or mad at something that even though there is pain in the night. That, as I like like to say here, goso, or joy, comes in the morning. That's right. So uh, I wanted to ask you, Alicia, just a little bit about maybe your the backstory, a little bit of uh, first of what you do and what is it that you're passionate about and uh, to kind of introduce yourself to the audience. So give us a little bit of your backstory, if you would.
1: Okay. So I am an attorney. I'm also a mediator. I also arbitrate cases. Uh, and I I work in a few different areas of the law. Um, namely, I do immigration law under the umbrella of human rights. I do family law, mediation. I do business law. So contract disputes, uh, as you know, Trick, I am a contract nerd. I really enjoy contracts. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my main focus when I w- pursued becoming an attorney was when I worked in... Um, human rights uh, at law firms that um, did political asylum uh, as one of their areas. And I remember uh, working in this field and f- realizing that I needed to become an attorney. So I just, you know, kept pushing through to to get licensed. Uh, and at the same time in... So that's my main focus however in order to um finance my pro bono work i still have my other streams of income from my other areas which is like contract disputes and family law and also immigration uh, certain um, immigration applications
0: yeah i remember how when we met you were in the middle of your schooling and really pushing hard to get all of your ducks lined up so that you could uh, be become the attorney that you now are now my guess if if i'm out there listening to your story everyone longs to be an attorney you know, little boys and girls, since they're little tiny people, they're like, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. So, mm-hmm. so uh, my guess is it was super easy, right? For you to become an attorney, like no problem. I'm being sarcastic. Me. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, what, what did you learn through the journey of becoming an attorney?
1: So I'm glad that I actually worked in the field before going to law school because it solidified the, uh, my, it solidified that I was meant for, for, the, for the, the job or the field. Uh, so I, I do recommend uh, working in a certain field first, uh, in a, um, maybe in the lower capacity on the front lines, just to get a feel of what your vocation is. Uh, so yeah, my, my journey through law school was that I was actually on my way to get my master's in social work. I wanted to be a social worker. Um <clears throat> and along the way I just started working and put uh masters of social work on hold. I wanted to save up for it, uh pay my own way, my masters of social work. And uh I realized that I really loved the law. I really loved it. I, I just I felt like in the law, the law is a tool. It can it's a tool for, for ministry, it's a tool for um, uh, uh, helping us, you know, and uh, really enjoyed, enjoyed it. It was, it was hard. It was backbreaking work sometimes, Yeah, metaphorically. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're like desk warriors, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, um, it was grueling because I was, uh, you know, a paralegal law clerk and, you know, you work insane hours and because I love my clients so much, as especially the human rights ones, the, their cases were so important to me, I would do overtime, you know, without pay, I didn't really care. But yeah, um, really didn't have a life. But I realized, uh, after working in the field, that I could somehow put, use my passion for social work, which is uh, helping others. Uh, and uh, go into the law as well, and I also enjoy the nerdy stuff like contracts and all of that. So it was perfect for me. And uh, um, the attorneys that I worked for uh, also taught me operations. They just took me under their wing. They they gave me a lot of responsibilities as I as I as I grew uh, in in their practices, and it was wonderful because I real I started to figure out. That there could be a, some sort of work-life balance for me. I could design. I could design my own uh, work life, and uh, you know, personal life, family life. Yeah, did that answer your question?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, you advise to have some sort of jobs to make sure that you love the journey and so i think it's great advice to uh someone maybe that's uh, an undergrad doing a degree in business or in criminal law that they do something practical to make sure they love it is that kind of what you think
1: Mm, i think yeah maybe even an internship six or six month one one year stint uh and i mean get dirty like Mm. get get if you really want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever vocation you think you might be interested in, I think, you know, it's good to get dirty, uh, get on the front lines and really, I mean, because even like, for example, being a teacher, we think uh, teachers are like, oh, I just sit, stand there all day and talk to people, like I talk, I just talk but <laughs> right, listen. Right. But it's not that simple. Like yeah. teachers have to go through so much like administration as well. Mm. And um, I, that's you know sometimes there's teacher burnout if if um, you're not you're not ready. So lawyers as well, there's lawyer burnout. Doctors, there's doctor burnout. So yeah, I would really really uh, mm-hmm. recommend um, trying your hand in a few different internships and in a diff- few different um, fields,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and uh, knowing knowing what it feels like and uh, getting mentors in that field too.
0: Yeah, it's great advice because. No one knows the, the, the cost, I guess, or the price that you have paid and many other attorneys and people in, in professional fields. And for a mom who may be listening, maybe a, a, a sister to someone who's in school, it's great advice from someone who just did it, who has been through it and who's now practicing and that heart is, is still beating for people to learn what it takes. Now, speaking of your heart, I know that also uh, just something that I've enjoyed about you is you're an author, and you've written many different books and and poems, and we won't go into that part of of your life uh, at this particular moment, but just tell me maybe just briefly for our audience that may be both artistic and also uh, into justice, what has what has art, I see a guitar back there. What has uh, music or singing or, or writing, what has been the role of, of you as an artist? What has been the role that that's played in your, your love for the law?
1: Uh, so my books that I write, uh, I have one coming up in, in uh, next month. But I did have uh, chapbooks out before, it's poetry chapbooks. So, I mean, they're basically a portfolio for publishers. I have been published in anthologies in Paris and and Long Beach, but really, writing is just my passion. It's a passion, it's all passion projects. Uh, I really don't do it uh, full time because uh, I don't see that it's going to bring me a feasible uh, revenue stream. So, I need to have something. For me, anyways, I, I wanted I needed something practical, uh, full time while I could work on my passion project.
0: That's awesome. So, that's yeah, great.
1: As, as if I think it's it's important to uh, produce your art because that's how you were designed. I mean, if you're a creative, you'd you love to write, paint, sing, play instruments, produce music. I mean, I think it's very important for the soul to To you know, to let these up because also how express our and and express ourselves to the world and things like that. So
0: yeah, I could go on and on forever. Oh yeah, no, we I know that we're passionate about that, and and (laughs) and I love talking about the art of the of the justice person because you know even from the Bible you have of course Jesus being a carpenter and yet he was a savior of the world. You had David, who was the uh, the the chief, the commander in chief of uh, maybe the biggest army of his time, who was a psalmist, and so I always love the combination of of justice and and grace, you know, because uh, definitely I think it, it touches that that passion that we have. In us. Now, speaking of passion, you know, let's talk about practical things now. By the way, I want to invite and encourage our viewers right now. We are live on six, seven different platforms. If you have a question for our attorney and mediator, Alicia, whether it's in terms of education or in terms of an actual case, feel free to leave that comment. We have a, a live chat here on the screen that you can see your questions, and then I'll pass them on to Alicia. But I wanted to ask you, Alicia, in terms of what we're seeing right now with this pandemic or this opportunity this transition some people uh, have noticed that there's been an increase in in violence what in your office you know in your practice what are you seeing are the unique cases or challenges of this particular season
1: Okay. So, uh, domestic violence is, I, I'm an advocate. I'm, I'm a survivor advocate and I, am also, uh, it's called trauma informed. I'm trauma informed. Uh, I know, um, what I'm, i I know what domestic violence is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Been in some relationships. Um, so, uh, <coughs> it, during the pandemic, everyone is stuck at home. And if there was domestic violence prior to the pandemic lockdown, a lot of uh, families have seen it escalate dramatically. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, domestic violence because just yesterday, uh, while I was on a work call, there was um, uh, screaming happening, Uh, someone being whipped with a belt. Uh, and just curling screaming uh in in my in my area mm. and we had to go investigate and and i was like i know what this sounds like i've heard it before mm. and so yeah it's it's real and it's happening and uh it you know i wish i knew who where because then you know i could uh, somehow help out with the authorities and things like that but we don't know where it's come where it came from um, but i'm i definitely have my eyes in out all the with the with the neighbors and thing to to hopefully because this is going to sound uh, okay trigger warning uh this is going to sound a little graphic but um sometimes when a survivor is uh too much uh a person any human they can pass out so i actually that's what happened yesterday because we heard screaming the beating and then complete silence so i think that's what happened okay so I've worked with survivors a lot and, uh, uh, what's your question? But, uh, I think, uh, yeah. They, what are you noticing
0: done? out there and what can okay. people do? Yes.
1: So, uh, as a mediator, um, I'm a trauma informed mediator. I would say if you're contemplating an escape, if you're in that situation right now, of course, like call 911, if you're in danger, you know, don't dismiss yourself. Uh, However, if you're in more of like a psychological abuse, it's not like a immediate physical danger. You're just in fear all the time, and and uh, you know it's wrong, and you want out. I suggest, I strongly advise, actually, having something I call an exit strategy. It's very important, and uh, it could take some people a, you know a, a month, a few months. It could take some people a few years. I really hope as as little time as possible. Definitely. If you if if, if someone is going through this, I hope you ha- you, you get your exit strategy going at, with as little time as possible. However, I also understand that because of emotional abuse and things like that and also financial abuse is very uh where you could take some time to get savings together, to find a safe place to go. Maybe you need a shelter. You have maybe you have kids. It's very difficult and I com- Completely understand so my job when I do encounter as a family law attorney and mediator it's one one of the areas I practice when I do encounter uh, people in domestic violence and also in the immigrant community huge huge in the immigrant community I filed VAWA cases before uh, in the work that I've done which is violence against women uh, which we you know we can talk about uh, more later but VAWA is not not very well known uh, and uh, yeah, so working, working with, with these survivors, is not just women, overwhelmingly women that I work with, but there are some men, uh, I help them to form an escape route, an exit strategy. And you have, when you plan your exit strategy, you have to not let your abuser know. They cannot know. Because they will do everything to sabotage it. So yeah, there are a lot of. It's very strategic. It's like a chess game. I call
0: it. Like a what? I'm sorry.
1: A chess game. Okay. It's it's like a game of chess. It's very strategic. If you're in abuse and you're trying to plan your escape. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I I'm interested in this topic because, as you mentioned, uh, the immigrant community experiences this daily, if not, you know, every couple of hours. Uh, I work, like we both do, among what we used to call the inner city poor. Now we just call it humanity. And um, and so I hear cases uh, both through different leadership teams as well as just from neighbors and friends of just those glimpses into that woman who comes out of the house with a black eye and the husband's like, you know, hushing her away to get back in the house. When we go visit people, just even randomly, we walk around the neighborhood and of course we have to report that and we have to follow a certain protocol as, as, as a clergy. And some of the, the, the challenges that we have faced is that people are afraid to call the cops because of immigrant status, yes. because of financial right. worry, because of um, the cops won't do anything unless the wife files or does, you know, I don't know what the legal terms would be, and so the wife uh, or the or the 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 woman uh, will not report the husband because then her income will be lost. You know, he's providing income and so the kids may suffer and so maybe this is a good place to talk about what you mentioned in terms of violence against women what have you learned in terms of this this uh, anomaly or not an anomaly but this this crisis and what can women do when caught between doing the right thing and yet other fears that they may have
1: Oh, it's it's such a complex thing because uh uh abuse uh is not just physical. Um sometimes there is uh psychological and Im- you know emotional abuse mm-hmm. um that doesn't leave physical marks. And that's why the person that is going through it does isn't taken seriously. Mm. That's a really 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 tough one, but um uh, it really helps when you, you know, you, if you have a trauma-informed inter- attorney or trauma-informed mediator who says, you know, I believe you because no one believes them, mm. you know? Uh, I've, I've had, I mean, I've had, uh, I've had cases where um, the, the person is wealthy, very wealthy and everyone says, but you guys are rich. How can there be any abuse, you know, wow. and it sucks because just, you know, th- there's no correlation, you know, it doesn't mean that someone, you know, someone's socioeconomic uh, status makes them more or less likely to be, a, a, you know, an abuser or to, to be, uh, you know, abused. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Now let's switch gears a little bit uh, and I, I guess maybe to, to, to pause on that i want i do want to say that if anybody out there in this audience who may be watching this live or after the fact on the replay we will give uh, alicia's uh links at the end of this show so that you can reach out to her and uh for a consultation and discuss with her your particular need and case so but switching gears a little bit alicia in terms of what um you know, immigration is such a hot topic. I don't think I think it'll be for the rest of humanity, right? What have you noticed, whether it's uh, right now or the last four years, or maybe as we come into a new election season and, and maybe the next four years, whether it's Trump or whether it's uh, Biden, and, and maybe even regardless of politics, what what are you seeing? Coming up uh, next for immigrants, are there any good news in the horizon? <laughs>
1: oh, aye, aye, aye. I
0: know. Sorry to open that Pandora's box, but it's mm, what people are thinking it about. It
1: has to be done. It has to be done. <laughs> yeah. I do work. I do work in the field. Yeah. I don't even know where to start.
0: <laughs> What, 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 it, what could happen? What, what is the best case scenario? What's the status quo right now?
1: So let me just say, first and foremost, immigrants are not rats. Yeah. Humans. Yeah. We're all humans. It's messed up. Mm. This whole thing is messed up. Okay. So let me talk a little bit about what I think about humanity first. Yes. Human. The, the history of humanity is a history of migration mm. because we live on this earth together and we all build something together. And it's very simple. We are human. So there are tactics that are being done that dehumanize the population. Very similar to the Holocaust, the initial stages of the Holocaust. There's a great, uh, human rights uh, uh, researcher and professor who did the nine stages of genocide. He researched all the genocides in the world. And we're, we're in like the fifth or sixth stage. Fifth Dehumanization. Or sixth stage. Dehumanization. Uh, villainization. This group is the reason we don't have jobs. This group is the reason we are this and that this that's why the economy is filling. That's why this is, uh, America is a land of immigrants. Okay. Let's get that straight first. I love this country because this country stands for so much. Okay. And it's great that we have people fighting the good fight because we're in the fifth of sixth stage. You know, we all know what happened back in the day, (laughs) World War two when people weren't aware or they were aware and they didn't really care. Because, you know, why would you care about people who aren't or why would you care about creatures who aren't human or subhuman, okay? Um, all right, so I have to say that. It's really, it just really, it, 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 I, can't hand, I can't handle it when I see, I see a population, a, a group of people being dehumanized. Okay, I can't handle it. All right. <clears throat> now, next, uh, Politics. <laughs> Let, just rewind to everything I just said earlier, and that's my—that's what I'm gonna say about politics.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> it has to be said.
1: <laughs> Not naming names, just saying. <laughs> uh, I, I think um, you know there are some great uh, immigration attorneys that are fighting the good fight too uh and uh of course everything needs to be reasonable everything needs to be reasonable we don't excuse anyone if there are crimes being committed obviously just like any person you know this is just they're all reasonable come on um uh no one no one gets a free pass you know uh, i see that in my work all the time like you don't get a, people just don't you know no one gets a free pass even if you're not an immigrant oh, no one should when it comes to, you know, if you've, like, a violent crime, any sort of, you know, uh, things that hurt people. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, I have so much more to say, but I'm just going to stop right there.
0: (laughs) That's a very uh, beautiful way to say it, you know, starting with humanity, because that is what happens in these stages, as you mentioned, the dehumanization of of each other is what's even happening now with this pandemic and the uh, and the you know inordinate amount of African Americans that are dying you know more than any other race or whether you look at New Orleans or the Holocaust or uh, just uh, the last hundred years with the Latino or the Asian American community we have all of these different barometers or moments where we could have done better. What do you think causes another human to to look at their own humanity? what what can help people to become more human once again?
1: Mm. <laughs> hmm. There's some movies.
0: okay, <laughs> like, well.
1: Amistad. American history X. There you go. Uh, the boy in striped pajamas. Okay. I think the educational system here really needs to figure things out in terms of why there's so much divide. There's so much division
0: mm-hmm.
1: amongst people, you know, groups of people. And I mean, I have a, I don't know, like maybe some people might consider it as a problem, but I only see human. I see human I see a human who has cultural heritage, which is amazing. Like, differences just like make us richer, you know? Right. Uh, it's variations. We all have genetic variations that because of a geographical climate that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like a certain group of people was in a certain geographical climate for a while due to conditions. And yeah, genetically, we just, you know, kind of evolved together and we all look the way we do. Uh, but You know, it's uh, my son is Brazilian and and, and Asian. He has Japanese in him, Chinese, Taiwanese. uh, What else does he have? African, uh, European, uh, native. He has native Tupi, Tupi tribe. Tupi. You know, Mm. Tupi, Tupi tribe from Brazil. I mean, we're human. Come on, everyone, you know, Mm. let's let's uh, let's uh i can't even <laughs> yeah. uh yeah
0: but, but movies um, and art you know i i agree with you that and i think going back to even what we talked about earlier in terms of our own personal yes, yes. love for the arts <laughs> there's no doubt that music and art is our informs our passion maybe even calms our our nerves and our rage and can lead us towards hope and peace and obviously, the scriptures, you know, for both of us as spiritual people, we find refuge in in, in, the, in the sacred writings. And um, but it seems like sometimes the systems don't go far enough, whether it's the courts or the education system or, for sure, the religious systems—they don't go far enough to bring about change. Where, in terms of the law, do you see? change being possible are there places in the future in the next i don't know five four or five years where you see the law making a difference in terms of these immigration issues
1: sorry can you repeat the question
0: oh yeah it was a very confusing question (laughs) let me simplify it how can attorneys (laughs) yeah exactly how can the turn how can attorneys and the law give hope to some of these problems
1: so uh, I think initially your question was about um, was it uh, about was it biblical at first?
0: Yeah, or? I was referring to how the Bible sometimes can help. Yeah, maybe we okay. th- we can talk about the Bible. How, where <laughs> does the Bible fit into all of this?
1: So I had uh, I went to a Christian law school and uh, I I learned Christian jurisprudence uh I, I mean general jurisprudence but also a Christian strand. And uh, I think it's it's amazing because you know our God is a God who loves He 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 is love and He is justice. Mm-hmm. And justice is ingrained in our hearts, which is why we always want to balance the scales. Mm-hmm. There's always some yearning to balance the scales. Uh and uh you know we we talk you know we just um it's always about equity, fairness. It just humans just have this natural incline which is what i studied in uh natural law it's not naturalism it's natural law okay. um you're talking about aquinas and you
0: know uh, uh yeah oh you're talking
1: about aquinas and and uh a lot of other of the greats um uh and yeah so humans have this need yearning for justice we're made in god's image but then we also live in the fallen world Uh, and I think, you know, as a, as a Christian, I, it's, uh, I, I see the law as a tool for ministry, you know, it's, it can be used, you know, it's the law is something that used to, uh, oppress, persecute, or it can be used to vindicate, you know, so, uh, it's, it's a double-edged sword uh i also think the law um the law is written on men's hearts uh and uh the legal field i i, I do see it in the legal field you know i think there's always hope
0: wow you know i love what you're saying there maybe we can we can deepen that thought you had there about the law is written in our hearts I mean, that's what Ezekiel thirty-five, thirty-six talks about, how we used to have, without the Holy Spirit, a heart of stone. But then God says that when he pours pours out his spirit, the law would be written in our hearts. And not only that, but then that our hearts would be changed from stone to a heart of flesh, a heart of love. What role... You know, you went to a Christian uh, law school. Obviously, I'm a pastor. We both love Jesus. We're people of faith. What role do you think Jesus, or I guess the secular person would call it spirituality, has in what role does spirit and faith have in in injustice? What can people do that aren't attorneys, that aren't clergy, to pray for justice is it is it about prayer what what can people do
1: uh i mean you believe in prayer yeah. uh as as christians of course um
0: do you, same- you, are you also like do you also enjoy or do you support or do you um yeah support things like um what do they call those um when people protest peacefully, protest and social disobedience, what do you think is the role of some of those things?
1: Uh, I mean, that's a very big topic, trick. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, yeah. I, uh, Let me
0: make it really simple, maybe uh, to, to simplify it. For example, when I lived in Colorado for, you know, three, four years, I was a part of this, almost like an underground movement of uh, of clergy and some agnostics and some anarchists. And we'd go outside of the ICE uh, detention centers and protest. And, uh, you know, people would honk, either in support, some against. I kind of hid it from my church. I wasn't sure if they would be happy having their pastor be out there uh praying for the the sick or those in, incarcerated but the more that i did it i did it for maybe like a month every weekend the more christian i felt i remember i was inside of, of one of the cells with a, a man from guatemala who was detained on his way from la to i think he was going to north carolina and his van got stuck there in the rockies in colorado was detained and he didn't want me to represent him i'm not, I'm not an attorney he didn't want Um, i don't know to hate anybody he wanted me to pray for him and sing him worship songs in spanish and that's what i did for those you know few minutes with him and i'll never forget that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i guess my point maybe it's just simply a point of reference the power of of standing in the gap for those incarcerated for those that are being uh, beaten or abused at home whether emotionally or physically i think the church or we as humans can do a lot to bring about peace. Whether it's prayer, whether it's visiting someone who's in jail, whether it's um, it's listening to this show and just being aware of what's happening, and uh, maybe yeah. it's just simply a point of of, of comment on the power of, of prayer and of, and of being spiritual people uh, in these in these situations.
1: Yeah, I think if um, someone is being led to do humanitarian. Uh, work or okay. uh, or activities like you know you're saying you you're, you're um, doing peaceful protests mm-hmm. and activism basically right uh, I think um, everyone can do their part if, if someone has it in their heart to be an activist for a certain cause mm-hmm. I think uh, everyone is doing their part uh, you know we're all like the Bible says we are all different parts of, of different <laughs> parts of the body right yeah. so for example my activism is a uh, I don't. I don't go to protests or anything. I think I, I might end up going to some uh, in the future. But mm-hmm. um, my activism uh, for the past decade has really been in the field of, like, you know, political asylum and uh, um, working with uh, people who have fled uh, horrendous conditions uh, and advocating for them to the best of well, the team, you know, advocates. So I'm part of a team, Mm. uh, and, uh, you know, we advocate for them together uh, collectively uh, to the best of our abilities as if it's our own case. Love your neighbors yourself. Yeah.
0: Wow. What a beautiful thing, you know, to... um maybe even wrap up a little bit of our conversation on this. Such a, It is a complex topic, and I think we've just begun to scratch the surface on this. Uh, I do want to just go to the comments here. We do have uh, uh, four people here online watching us live, so I want to say thank you to those who are watching us live. We have here Arcelio Hernandez, my dear friend. He is watching us live from Costa Rica in Central America, and I believe he's also an attorney at law. So uh, we're thankful for this connection that we have here via Zoom and via all these different platforms. But maybe as a way to wrap up, Alicia, what uh, would you say is um, the best way for people to get a hold of you? How can people reach out to you? What is it that uh, what are your, your services that you provide for people if they want to reach out to you?
1: so uh the law and mediation office of alicia (laughs) ku i am on facebook as ali the lawyer on instagram as ellie the lawyer and you can find me there you can also find me on Avo a-v-v-o okay (laughs) and you know there are various various platforms but uh You can also look for me through a trick (laughs) (laughs) yes direct connection (laughs) that's
0: right you guys can uh come and check out the this show and uh as i said we're going to put all of alicia's links at the bottom of this episode so that you can follow her on instagram and facebook and you can message her and uh, reach out and see uh, what connection can be made i think just in closing alicia i just want to again Not just thank you for our friendship and your work, but I just want to acknowledge your humanity, that you are someone who has overcome and whose heart continues to beat for those in need, for the humanity around you. And not only is that your job, but it's really your life i mean from who you are to your family to your beautiful boy to all the things that you mentioned i was specifically and especially touched by your statement of the the value of the human being and how really it all starts with humanity and i think that you know it challenges me because i'm in a very diverse church where we have about six different nationalities and three different languages. And even for us clergy people and people of faith pastors, we constantly have to go back to the scriptures to love one another and and to Amos where it says, let justice roll like a river. And I'm encouraged by what you're doing because you're doing the same thing. And I know that a lot of our viewers who may be watching this live or who may be watching this on the replay can relate to that do you have any final words of encouragement to our audience who may be watching uh
1: so as you know there is a lot of um asian racism, anti-asian racism now uh because of covid uh and it's terrifying actually so i created a task force uh for the asian diaspora uh in the uk europe australia and the u.s uh it's um it's it's called the Asian Alliance um, buddy system hmm. so we coordinate uh, and uh, help people out if they feel vulnerable and are afraid to walk their dog or you know they need someone to walk with them yes so if anyone needs anything uh contact me if you want to be part of the buddy system and uh we you know there are people who care and I would say let's all love one another.
0: Hmm. It's wonderful. I want to read another comment here from another good friend. He's uh, from Puerto Rico and Omar Colon, and he left a comment here. It says, Alicia, God bless you. May the power of his love be in you. I think that's a wonderful, Thank wonderful prayer. Thank
1: you. I prayer. love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> God bless you, too.
0: Yeah, we uh, have over... 15 people suddenly they just came on live so uh, if you are coming in uh, just here uh, at, at this moment we want to welcome you and i want to encourage you to as soon as this live is over to go back the replay will be on all these platforms for the next weeks and months and um and so we want to encourage you if you are watching this live or after the replay to go to the bottom of this video and click on all the links so that you can get in touch with Alicia. Alicia, as you know, you're a beautiful friend. We have shared so much. I love your art, your music, now your beautiful family, and of course your passion to serve. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me, Trig. I love everything you stand for as well.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And to all of our viewers, make sure that you share this broadcast with your friends. Make sure that you go out there, whether you are on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram Live, and subscribe to this channel. Share this broadcast with your friends. Let everyone know that there is hope and there are people like Alicia that are here to stand with you as we all seek the love of God. Thank you for being here, and I will Amen. see you next time. Thank you for listening to
1: The David Trigg Show. Find the complete archive at davidtrig.com or subscribe for free through the podcast app on iTunes or Stitcher on Android. Each week, we bring you a message of joy, success, and personal power in spite of fear, anxiety, and depression. Because as we like to say, though there's pain in the night, goso comes in the morning.